From the moment they stepped off the plane at Manchester Airport, Maggie finally felt that life was back to normal. Their two weeks in Barbados had not been the holiday they had expected, at least not for her, and not for Tessa and Jane, her 19-year-old daughter and her best friend. The three of them had separately been blackmailed into sex by locals and ended up being used in a whole load of debauched and humiliating ways. Her only consolation was that Ewan, her husband, hadn't found out. But with the amount of unprotected sex she and the girls had been coerced into, she didn't know how long that could remain a secret. As they drove back to their home in leafy Cheshire, Maggie vowed to forget everything that had happened. Three weeks later, while Ewan was overseas on a business trip, Maggie was about to leave for a tennis game when the bell rang. Not expecting anyone, she brushed down her pleated white tennis skirt and grabbed her bag on the way to the door. Expecting to see a delivery person, her face dropped as she looked into the black face and deep brown eyes of Marcy, her mistress and tormentor from Barbados. What the hell are you doing here? Maggie cried in shock as much as anger. Marcy didn't even hesitate. She slapped the older woman hard across the face and pushed her back over the threshold of her front door, kicking it shut behind her. It looks like you've forgotten yourself, she barked. Perhaps you've also forgotten the porn films and erotic photos you are starring in. Would you like Ewan to get a copy of them? Maggie dropped her head, immediately falling back into her submissive role. No, mistress, she said quietly. Good, said Marcy, all smiles again. So, are you carrying a black baby? Maggie had just had her period, so she was pretty sure. No, mistress, she said again. Well, there's still time for that, Marcy laughed. That's if you're not too old, that is. How about the two girls? Maggie didn't know for sure and said so. Errol's on his way over to get another ride on Jane, so if she's not got his baby in her womb, she soon will have. Maggie felt sick at the idea but kept her mouth firmly closed. She knew better than to back-chat the feisty Marcy. The young black woman was now openly ogling her. You must have known I was coming, she said. Maggie realised she must look something of a tease in her old-fashioned tennis kit. She was in the knee-length pleated skirt and tight v-neck top that still fitted her from her school days. She quickly remembered that Anthea was waiting for her game. I'm sorry, Mistress Marcy, she said as politely as she could. I have to go. My friend is waiting for me. Marcy slapped her again. Send a text to your friend and tell her you have woman's troubles or I will send her a link to a film and she can see her yummy friend. Maggie backed down quickly. She sent the text and let Marcy lead her up to her own bedroom. At the same time, Errol was waiting outside Jane's house in his rented Mercedes. He didn't have to wait too long though. After about half an hour, the front door opened and the familiar face of the blonde teenager appeared. Errol waited until she had walked a hundred metres before starting the car and pulling up alongside her. Need a lift? 
he called through the passenger window. Jane looked as though she had seen a ghost. Errol, what the hell are you doing here? Get in and I'll tell you, he countered playfully. No, Errol, Jane pleaded. Please, I can't. Okay, he chuckled and brandished a DVD at her. I'll just give this to Daddy then. Okay. Jane's face clouded and she got into the car. So, why the hell have you followed us home, Errol? Haven't you had enough? I could never get enough of you, baby girl, he laughed, his hand on the girl's knee. You had a holiday with me in Barbados, so I've come to have a holiday with you.